Have you set a goal for yourself? Have you made a list of the things that you'd like to accomplish in your life? Today, Paul the Apostle encourages us to have as our one guiding goal to be like Jesus. This is Carol McLeod, and you're listening to A Jolt of Joy. It's my delight to open the Word of God with you every week right here on the Charisma Podcast Network. We ended last week talking about the gifts that Christ has given to us, practical and ministry gifts, gifts not just to put on display, but to give to others for healing and for unity. We learned last week that the reason we were given those specially chosen gifts was to equip the body of Christ for service. We learned that the reason we were given those specially chosen gifts was to heal the body, to bring unity to the body of Christ. The goal of these gifts is found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Let me read it to you. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. In the body of Christ, we have a goal, and it's called maturity. Our goal is to be more like Christ today than we were yesterday. How are you doing with that goal? Our goal is to use our ministry gifts to encourage and build up others, not to discourage, but to encourage. And as we encourage and build up others, we both, the giver and the receiver, will become more like Jesus. We will be growing up in our faith. We'll be maturing. Let's read on in this chapter of Ephesians 4. We'll read verses 13 through 16. Let me read verse 13 to you again. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So, my friend, you have a responsibility to the body of Christ. You you don't get to go to church every week or go to Bible study every week or listen to podcasts and just gorge yourself on the Word of God without giving to others. Jesus gave gifts, and we're supposed to be like Him in every way imaginable. So we're supposed to give gifts to others. As we give, we grow up. As we encourage others, we will mature in our own faith. As we bring unity, we'll be stabilized in our faith. As we speak the truth in love, we become who we were always meant to be. We were meant to be like Jesus. So, you are not a Lone Ranger Christian. Let me read to you Ephesians 4.16 one more time. 
from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So you don't get to do things your own way. You don't get to have it your way. You don't get to believe whatever you want. You don't get to do whatever feels good to you. You have a responsibility to the body of Christ, and every joint is important. You are important. No matter how small you might think your part is in the body of Christ, it is still of vital importance. Ask someone who suffers with arthritis if their finger joints are important or not. I think they'd say that they are vitally important. Ask someone who has had a hip replacement or a knee replacement if the proper working of joints matters or not. Oh, it matters very much. So it is up to you and it's up to me to ensure that the body is free of pain. This is the body of Christ and that it works well. It's up to you and to me to ensure that the body of Christ is able to move ahead for the cause of Christ. One aching joint can impede the progress of what Christ wants to do. One painful relationship can paralyze what Christ wants to do through you. You know, in my life, as I've thought about the body of Christ, I've thought about an ingrown toenail. Isn't that a funny thought? You don't see the ingrown toenail. It might seem inconsequential to the world around, but oh, the pain. Eventually, you'll become unable to walk, to rest, or to stand. No matter how small, no matter how insignificant you might feel, you are not. You are significant to the cause of Christ. Now, this is practical stuff. I told you that Paul was painfully practical. This is practical. We all have a responsibility for unity in the body of Christ. We all have been assigned the job of being a soothing bomb in the body of Christ. So what I want you to do right now is to consider your difficult relationships in the church, in the body of Christ. What do you need to do to take care of that ingrown toenail, that arthritic relationship, or that painful joint? Let me point out a word to you in Ephesians 4.16 causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Oh my, it always comes back to love, doesn't it? We must love one another back to health. We must encourage one another back to health. Let's move on in our study of Ephesians and look at verse 17. So this I say, And affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. Well, it seems to me that Paul loves the word walk. Let me remind you two other places where he used this word walk in the letter to the church at Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, this is what Paul said. 
and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. Remember my example when we studied that verse? We used to be tied to that pony ride at the fair that just went around in a circle, a circle, a circle. That's how we used to walk. Paul also used the word walk in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Paul and the Holy Spirit in that verse called us to walk worthy and then gave practical application. We were to conduct ourselves with humility, with gentleness, with patience, with love, and with unity. And now, in Ephesians 4.17, Paul gives us a new component of our walk in the Lord. Let me read verse 17 to you one more time. So this I say, and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds. So Paul says, Christians, you are supposed to walk differently than the world does. You are supposed to live differently than those who don't know Jesus Christ. You were not made to fit in. You were made to stand out. If you are living like all of your unsaved worldly friends, you need to get on your knees and pray. Now remember, God doesn't want you to live differently to make you miserable. He wants you to live differently so that you will live a fulfilled and abundant life. If you don't know Christ, Verse 17 that we just read says that your very thought processes are futile because people who don't know Christ can't think straight. But we, as believers, have the mind of Christ. That's what 1 Corinthians 2.16 tells us. You have the mind of Christ. We have the potential of thinking like Jesus Christ. And how do we do that? We do that when we put the word in our brains and in our hearts. We do that when we ask God for wisdom and he'll give it generously to us is what it says in the book of James. Okay, so if you're not a believer, your thought processes are futile. You can't think straight. But then in Ephesians 4, 18 and 19, it gets worse than that. So hang on to your seats being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Wow, I feel sorry for that people group, don't you? That's why your life matters. That's why how you present Christ to the world matters. There is a world out there that needs you to live with joy and hope. There's a world out there that needs you to demonstrate the character of Jesus Christ. There's a world out there that needs you to share gifts with them. And now, for the high calling of Christ in verses 20 through 24. Ephesians 4, 20 through 24. 
but you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. As I said, Ephesians 4, 20 through 24 describes to all of us the high call of Christian living. When you know Christ, you know the truth, and there will be some old things that you must die to, the old self, old habits, old practices, and old attitudes. And there is a renewal that must take place in you. This renewal is a glorious cleansing shower that pours through your very mind. This shower cleans up your heart, your mind, your attitudes, your opinions, and how you treat others. Where is this shower that renews us once we know Christ? Where is this glorious cleansing that gets rid of the stink and junk of living for self? Well, if you'd allow me to, let me just jump ahead a chapter to Ephesians 5 and read to you verse 26. So that Christ may sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So if you're still dealing with sin, delight yourself in God's word. If you have bad habits or bad attitudes, cleanse yourself, wash yourself with a daily shower in the word of God. If you still worry, complain, or react wrongly, memorize some great Bible verses. The word of God is better in many ways than an educated counselor or a brain transplant. God's word brings a supernatural cleansing and healing that washes the mind and emotions from the contamination of the world, from past memories, past experiences, and the lies that the enemy has tried to get you to believe. God's word. Listen, my friend, we all have stuff. We all deal with something. But when we know Christ, our stuff must be set aside so that we can serve him fully. We set our garbage aside and we splash in the rejuvenation that comes from the word of God. So Ephesians 4.24 told us, put on the new self. You put it on. You have to choose to put it on. Christ has given it to you. Will you put it on? Verse 22, Ephesians 4.22 said to lay aside the old self. So you need to get rid of the you that you were without Jesus Christ. Get rid of it. Set it aside and put on the you that Jesus created you to be. He created you to be kind in every situation, to be loving and merciful, to be humble and encouraging. You choose who you will be. Jesus gives you the power to do it, but you choose to live in it. I'd love to hear from you. So feel free to email me at carol at carolmccloudministries.com. 
We love to pray for everyone who connects with us. So be sure and send me your heartfelt prayer requests. Now, I have some wonderful news for you. Carol McLeod Ministries now has an app. You can go to the App Store on your smartphone and search for Carol McLeod Ministries. The best news of all is that it's free. You can read a blog, leave a prayer request, or listen to a teaching on the app. You can also buy a book or two and even leave a donation just by having the Carol McLeod Ministries app on your smartphone. It's just another way for us to stay in touch with all of you whom we love so dearly. And I want to remind you today that when you choose Jesus, you're choosing joy. His will for your life is an inexpressible and relentless joy. Don't ever doubt it. And as always, I dare you to choose joy.